I want to go to God's Word this morning, and I want to look at how God views the memory. What, what, what should we remember? What should we be careful not to forget? And if you could turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 3, we're going to look at chapters 3 and 4 this morning. In Joshua chapter 3. Let me pray for us um, as we begin this morning. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessing of being uh, with this church and to be family with them. Lord, we ask that you would work in our time, uh, make it worthy. May we not forget you uh, in the midst of this life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. In in Joshua chapter 3, if you know the history of uh, God's people... Uh, God took his people out of Egypt. Moses was the leader. He was the one God used to uh, bring them out of Egypt. And they were heading to the promised land. And through some sins, under the leadership of Moses, they did not go into the promised land. And they were wandering in the wilderness. And then a, a generation after them came up. Um, and Moses was replaced by Joshua uh, and as well as that, that generation had died off. And now they are heading into the promised land for the second try. And they are uh, at the edge or the, the edge of the Jordan River. And that's where we pick up our story um, in the book of Joshua. I was, I was challenged. Um, we got to go to the Creation Museum in, outside of Cincinnati and uh, we got to hear Ken Ham speak. I don't know if you know who Ken Ham is, um, but uh, he he was talking about the difference uh, to be careful in your churches to not talk about um, the Bible as a story because it's history. Um, and so I just wanted to make it clear that this is history. This is real. This happened. Okay. Um, but I'll probably use the word story again because it's a good story. That's history. Okay. Um, Joshua is leading his people, and they're probably upwards over a million people. Some have suggested almost up to four million. I don't know uh, how many were there, but it was not just a couple of people here, okay? They're on the edge of the Jordan River, uh, a ton of people, and they're heading in uh, to the promised land. They're about ready to cross the Jordan. And as they are, uh, Joshua says to them in verse 5, Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Uh, We're going to cross the river. Take this time to prepare yourself. God's going to do great things through you and with you uh, as we proceed. Um, And then this is what happened. Uh, You look at verse 7. It says, The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You get that? So Joshua is now the leader. Moses is gone. uh, And God says to him, I'm going to do something similar so the people will know that just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And so uh, he preps Joshua for the miracle that he is going to do by saying it's going to be like 
that which he had done for Moses. In verse 9, it says this, And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will uh, without fail drive out from you, before you, the Canaanites, the Hittites, and all those otherites, um, that it's hard to pronounce and no one knows how to pronounce them very well. Anyways, verse 11, uh, Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take twelve men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man, and when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. He describes for him what he's going to do. He says, I'm going to, as the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and when the Ark of the Covenant was a box, it was a holy box, it was a presence, a, a mark of the presence of the Lord, that as those priests who are carrying this around, that as they went out, they would be dry and that the waters of the river would heap up, be a pile of water. Now you think about that and you go, that's a miracle, okay? When the river, have you ever been to, have you ever tried to stop a river? Everyone has. Everyone has. The, you know, the, the gutter thing, you know, yeah, running, and you start putting it there, and what happens? It just finds another route, right? It spreads out and finds another route. Well, you get the picture here that that as the, the water is coming down, he says, I just pile it up right there. I stop it and pile it up. What an amazing thing. And not just that it would be um, be able to get past, but that it would be dry before their feet. Uh, so as you look down at verse 14, uh, so when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing uh, the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and soon uh, as those who bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan and their feet of the priest bearing the ark dipped into the brink of the water. And then parenthetical statement here. Uh, now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest, meaning that it was deep. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away. And then he goes on to describe that. Why? What's going to happen here? Skipping down to verse 17. Now the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all of Israel was passing over dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. Now uh, picture yourself at the age you are now. I don't care what age you are. What would that have been like for you to pass through the Jordan that day? that you would have looked to the right or to the left, however that would have been for you, probably to the right, and, and you would have looked and you would have seen that pile of water. And you would have thought, boy, that, this, is, this is a miracle of God. Can you imagine being 10? 
this is awesome. You know, uh, adults try to play it cool. Yeah, God's just providing for us. And the kids are going, did you see that? Look at it. It's amazing. It's dry. It's wet. It, you know, the, they're, they're making it, you know, everyone else is kind of going, no, no big deal. God does these things all the time. <laughs> we look at this and, and it would have been a day. It would have been a day where they said, boy, we'll never forget this day. We'll never forget this day where God did that miracle, where he put us across on dry ground. As we look at this, um, you say, well, why do they need to do anything? Why, why, wouldn't, why would they not forget that day? It's, it's, it's marked in them. They, they would have had to have remembered it. And then you looked at chapter 4. God goes on and he says, I want you to remember this. I want you to make a memorial of this. When all the nation, verse 1, when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, take 12 stones from here, out of the midst of the, the Jordan, from the very place the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua uh, called the 12 men from the people of Israel whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the, the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel. So you get you get this picture. He He's chosen these 12 men and he didn't choose the weaklings. He said, I'm going to take this one and this one, one from each family here. And I want you to go get a rock, a stone from the middle of the Jordan, from the middle of the Jordan, where the priests were standing. And I, I don't want you to get a little shell or a little hand stone. I want you to get one of the shoulder types, uh, one of the big ones that you put on your shoulder. And then I want you to bring it over to the side here. I want you to bring it to the place where we're going to stay tonight. Um, you do this all the time. How many of you uh, have rocks or shells from the beach on a vacation? How many of you do this? Why do you do that? Well, because it was the best rock I've ever found. It was the most beautiful shell that I've ever... And, but part of it is that you found it, Right? That you found it. It was from that special time you were on the beach and you were with friends or family and you, you find it and then you put it in your room and it reminds you. Well, to a much grander scale, God had Joshua do this for his people. He said, go grab one of those stones out of there. You can imagine it doesn't tell us what happened to these stones. We're going to know a little bit about it, but they brought it back to their camp and uh, they, they placed them there. They threw them there. There, there were these rocks and, and uh, they're going, oh yeah, those are the ones from the Jordan. Because after they had gone through, what happened to the Jordan? Did it stay that way? No. It just went back to being the Jordan River. It's not the highway anymore, right? It's not the pathway. And so they, they were able to have these rocks and the rocks, were, the, the river was out there and they were going, where this this rock came from way out there. You can't even see the other rocks that were on the bottom of the river there. These are the rocks from the bottom of the Jordan. These are the ones that we got from there. 
Well, uh, why? Why? As we look at this, Joshua makes an important point of why. And you look down at verse 6. And he says, these, these rocks, let me tell you about them, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them of the waters of the Jordan where you were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Forever. You're going to remember. When you look at these stones, when you see this, this pile of rocks, you're going to remember that, that father to son, to one generation to the next, will be able to tell. that the, What are these stones all about, Dad? They just look like rocks. People are treating them like they're special. What are they? I'll tell you what they are. They're when God took care of us, when God protected, when God did something great. As we look at this, um, we see that this is what happened. And actually, they took these rocks. If you look down at verse 19, um, it says this, The the people came up uh, out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. Um, They carried them. They carried them. They brought them along. They put them in the car, if you will. What are we? What do we got? These things. Get that boulder and put it over there. You hold it for a while. You carry it. Put it on your shoulder. And he took these, and outside of Jericho, they found a place, and Joshua set up these rocks. Were these rocks special? No, they were just rocks. They were just rocks. But they were the rocks from the Jordan. They were the rocks that we carried from that place. They were the things that remind us of what God had done. And then it said, uh, verse 21, And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, What do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel passed over the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. As the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. and That you may fear the Lord your God forever. That's why. That's why. Why do we take these rocks? Why do we want to remember? What do we want to remember? He says, take the rocks, put them in a pile over here, make it a memorial forever. Why? Because you want people to know. You want generations to know. What do you want them to know? That God is mighty. That he took care of us in the past. I want to ask you a question. Why would those kids need to know that? Well, why would the the kids need to know that? As your kids grow up, as your uh, offspring, your your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren, why do they need to know that God is mighty? I'll tell you why. 
because the temptations of their life will cause them to trade the almighty God, a relationship, a dependence upon him, a fear of him for something lesser, for something lesser. For them to chase after things that don't matter, to, for, for them to find uh, comfort in relationships that can't satisfy, to, to chase after relationships that will draw them away from the Lord, not to the Lord. For them to look for, for pleasure in things that are passing, things that will ruin them. It's happening, happening all the time. Joshua said, look, God's going to do a great work for you. Prepare yourself. It happened. And then he said this, take those big rocks, take those big rocks so that we won't forget. We won't forget. And he said, well, how could you ever forget something like that? We do. We do. Has God been good to you in your life? Can you point to days and things and yet we fear. We go, oh no, God's not taking care of me. Oh no, I can't handle this. Oh no, I should walk away and try some, something else. God's faithfulness in the past should be projected upon today and the future because God is a God of a mighty hand. And he works mightily in his people and he will not abandon them. As I think about memorials, I think so often that I want a memorial made to myself. I want to say, oh, we should have a shrine somewhere of the greatness of Kevin. You know, something that will last for generations so my kids and my grandkids can come and talk about how great I was. I want to do something that will somehow be unforgettable. I want to, I want people to talk about me when I'm uh, gone in a good way. They, they do talk about me when I'm gone, but in a good way. Um, I, I want to have this unforgettable life. And yet, as I look to the scripture, um, God is the one who does great things and that he is the one that is not to be forgotten. <laughs> May we never forget uh, may we never forget how good he's been to us, how, how faithful he's been to us, and that how he provides for us, his people. Right now, uh, we're going to connect uh, our time of communion uh, as well. And so for those men who are going to help me serve communion, I ask that you'd come now. So... In the New Testament, long after Joshua, long after Joshua, Jesus came, God come in the flesh. He was God, fully God, fully man. And that as he came, he shared. And as he was about to leave to give his life for sinners, he said for us to remember He told his disciples, I want you to remember me when I'm gone. I want you to remember me, but specifically what I had have done for you. And so he gave us this time of memorial, this time of remembrance. We do this monthly. We could do it daily. 
Uh, We could do it yearly. He didn't say how often to do this. But we do this as a reminder, a reminder of what Jesus has done for us. You say, well, I don't know. I don't have that bad of a memory. Every time we sin, we, we show ourselves to be forgetful of Jesus. Every time we worry, every time we, we fret, every time we choose something other than God, we show ourselves to have a bad memory. And so we're called to remember what the Lord has done. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ here today, we have something to remember. It's what he's done for us, who we are and what he has done. So we remember the Lord. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ here today, thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing with us in this time. And I just ask that you consider what God does and whether you need him in your life. Thank you for being here today.